Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans wherever you are in the world. I hope you are well. We are almost through January, aren't we? We have pretty much one week left and uh, I can't believe that is it done. Um, the whole sort of topic of today's podcast is hitting the mark, you know, as I say, eight weeks out. So for many of you, you are, you're over halfway dieting, you know what I mean? You're you're probably doing more than a 16-week prep Um Particularly if it's your first show, you're probably doing closer to an 18 to 20 week prep there thereabouts. But um, I thought I would just sort of come on and discuss a little bit about where our, our athletes are, um, but also a little bit about where I think, if you're say prepping yourself or you're prepping someone, where you should be, um, what to do if you're not there, what to do if you've got to a specific point, like a weight, and actually you thought you'd be a bit leaner than this, or or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that's the whole the whole idea. And it was kind of just spurred on by uh, I got a few messages from from a coach just saying like, man, like a lot of your clients look uh, like look quite ahead. And uh, my response back was, uh, no, they're just exactly where they need to be. It's just that a lot of um, perhaps people that, that coaches compare them to, maybe we're just a little bit softer, a little bit behind, but we don't tend to focus on that. We just focus on the individual's journey and um, where they need to be by what point. So at the start of prep for a lot of the guys that are competing, guys and girls that are competing at the end of uh, March, start of April or in that Scottish season, uh, I had said to them, look, this is kind of where I want you to be by the tail end of January. This is where I want you to be by the end of February, thereabouts, and We've endeavoured to do that, you know, after Christmas, it was like, get Christmas out of the way um, and push hard. Why push hard? Because you would rather be a little bit ahead of the ball game and back off and have the ability to, you know, let's say feed up or whatever, than be chasing your tail. If you've been dieting this whole time and you've not had a refeed or a high day or whatever you want to call it, um, it's probably because you're not sticking to your calories, now, I know that sounds pretty harsh, but it's true because you've been sticking to your calories. Your coach has probably been bringing them down. Your coach has probably been pushing up your cardio. And there's been probably been quite a bit of fatigue building up. And if you notice, there's been quite a few of my guys and girls that have been getting high days, getting refeeds, like double high days, and then back to digging. And five days later, boom, they're at a, a completely new low. Then we repeat that 10 days later, and the same thing happens. It's simply because they're they're adhering to everything. So what I'd ask yourself is if you're eight weeks out or you're, you're coaching your clients eight weeks out, like where are they at this point? Whatever you said they needed to be by the end of January, now January is less than a week away, like are they there yet? So for, I might have said to a guy like, right, cool, I want you to be uh, below 95 kilos by the end of January. And he's maybe sitting at 96 just now. I might have said to another guy, right, I want you to be below 80 kilos, and he's sitting at 80.9. Might have said, you know, might have said to a female, right, I want you to be 53. She's sitting at 53 and a half. You know what I mean? So this is why, like, a lot of my athletes are there, um, because, we, you know, we agreed. We said, look, this is the target for that date. Let's work towards it. And the reason you want to do that is, um, well, you, you know, at the start of prep, you should have mapped out, right, this is how much I think we need to take off. And I'd always go a bit more than a bit less, right? But I think in the time that I've been doing it, I'm pretty spot on at thinking where we need to be. Um, but you want to just work in chunks. So after Christmas, when everyone was feeling good, 
we had a good chunk of time on January. It was a five-week month. Um, so include the last week of, after Christmas, that's six weeks. So like, right, let's push you super fucking hard because then when we get to the end of January, we're about say, eight weeks out or seven and a half weeks out, um, we then know how aggressive or hard we need to be in February. And that's where I think that you need to sit and analyse where you at or where's your athlete at. Have they got to that point um, where you wanted them to be or are they still a bit behind? Like, And if they are a bit behind, why are they behind? You know, Assess, was it you as a coach that maybe you should have been more aggressive? Did you make, not make a decision when you should have? Or is your client really adhering to their calories or not? There's nothing wrong as a coach with asking your athletes that or questioning them on it. Of course, not in a nasty way, but just in a in a in a way that's like, look, um, on your these calories and output, you know, you the weight should be falling off you. Like, is there any more food going in? And often it's met with a response which is usually like, yeah, or you know, you get your client on the phone, uh, have a little bit of a chat about it as to why it's happening, trigger it, and then just decide whether competing's actually for you or not. Um but always, always, always assess. And as a coach, sometimes you have to take the onus. Like there's been plenty of times in a prep where I've reviewed, reviewed it, or even like on show day or something, I'm like, fuck, I should have done that and I didn't, and that was my fault. You know, like, sometimes as a coach, you have to like hold your hands up if you make a mistake. Because then that's how you get better. And um, your athletes will appreciate that as well. You know, it's not you don't play the blame game in this uh, in this sport. It's all about uh, being constructive and learning from experiences, but you might be at a point where you like you might be sitting now where you think like right, I'm I'm kind of or math is exactly where I want them to be, but you may have just underestimated like how much you needed to pull off, and what what do I mean by that? Well, you maybe have got to a point where you're like right, I had thought at this weight that we would start to see fat body parts respond, and you should be like at eight weeks out you should be at that point so. For us guys, um, it'll be our maybe chest, our hips, or look usually hips and lower back. For females, it's going to be like their look, their hips and their glutes, not as much their lower back as as guys, um, but definitely hips and glutes. So like, if you've got like a female client, like their their glutes and hips should be responding by now. They should be getting tighter. Um, if you're working with some male bodybuilders, like there should start to be some very small boxing of the glutes compared to the hamstrings. Like this is where you should be at this eight week out marker. And if you're not there, you're really going to struggle, and you're going to have to ramp things up here in the next eight weeks. But the thing is, like, it's not too far gone. Like you still have eight weeks is a lot of time. When I go back to my photo shoot prep in 2019, for those of you that have been listening to this or haven't been or are new. I did a photo shoot prep in 2019, I dieted for eight weeks and I was ready after six, right? Now I didn't have much to pull off, but I went fairly super aggressive with things um, and I had the time. You know, I, I only wanted to do eight weeks, I didn't want to do any more than that, but um, that's, a, that's a different story, that's another podcast. But in having done it myself, um, I, I know what you can do in such a short period of time that if, you, if you're here right now, you're eight weeks out and you're thinking, fuck, we've you know, these body parts aren't responding. You have to go a bit more aggressive. Rather than make the small change to food, the small increase to cardio that you would usually make to see a response, you need something bigger. Right? Because clearly the rate of loss has either been too slow or you just have underestimated how much total you need to pull off. When I often start a prep with a client and say, oh, I think your stage weight will be here. The first time they hear it, particularly the first time, where they really are shocked, and they're like, "Oh my god, like that's uh, so light, that's so low. I've never been that way in X amount of time." 
I'm like, yeah, but it's not a weight contest uh, up there. Some some bodybuilding competitions it is it's under eighty fives, under one hundred fives, under ninety fives, whatever it is. But for the most part, you know, it's, it's it's not about the weight; it's about how you look. That just puts you in a certain category. You have two guys that weigh ninety kilos, and they look completely different. Two two females that weigh fifty five kilos look completely different. Um, so it's all about uh, individual. Now, if you um, are at that point where you need to be a bit more uh, a bit more aggressive then um you know have a look at like what you're doing is there any um tools you can utilize at this um at this point at this point is there any lipolytics you know that's a fancy word for fat burners that you can introduce to accelerate things so maybe if you're prepping again let's say a guy the reason I split, split guys and girls is that guys seem way more up and willing to for taking uh, fat burners than females because a lot of the guys I work with are assisted. Um, but when you're having that chat with females, some of them may be saying, nah, I don't really want to use that. Um, I maybe won't use that as a last resort. So maybe you get to eight weeks out and you're like, right, this is now a card that needs that we're going to put this on the table. Like I always describe uh, prep as you got a deck of cards and you've got like a, a hand that you're playing and each card that you play, you want to play really smartly to make that 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 hand you've got stronger. But you need that hand to last the entire prep. So if you just chuck all the cards in the, the hand at the start, sometimes you know you don't you don't don't make it or you just don't don't end up being ready. So it's about playing the right card at the right time. But you may be at this point where it's like, right, okay, well that needs to go in if you want to get ready. And I don't think that in, I suppose in assisted bodybuilding, there's not there's never like a quote-unquote need to do anything um but it's maybe an option to be like look it's gonna be hard to get ready but we could use this and that could work and um, whether that be clen or t3 or t4 uh, if it's guys and you're, you know just use a bit more wouldn't use too much t3 and, and t4 wouldn't really go above certain dosages again i'm not gonna um, not gonna put them out here uh, on on the podcast because it'll give uh, I've got a duty of care that people don't just go and replicate what I say, but um, if you're interested and you want to know a bit more, obviously you can book in a consult call. Uh, I do educational ones that you can book in through Instagram or through the podcast. Um, so with guys like just just diet harder, you know, just push your cardio up, pull your food down a bit more. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid for it to suck now. And I think this is kind of what I said to a few of my guys and girls. We have quite a strong, strong core group of clients this year competing that are all in a really, really fucking good spot. And I said to them all, I was like, look, I'm going to push you quite hard here, but there's a reason for it. And the reason for it is so that when we get to March time, we can just cruise into that show and we could have stress really, really low. Everyone else is chasing their tail, but you'll be ready. We'll feed into the show. You look better. We'll have no cardio going into the show either. And again, you know the the look is certainly better when stress is low. Um, and I says I would rather when they had the energy and the body fat. I suppose at the end of December, I would rather push you now, um, and opposed to pushing you at the end of February when really should be starting to slow things down or just taking the last little bit off by then. But you know, on the flip side of that, um, things. Things might be going really well at this point in your prep or with your athlete. Things might be looking really, really good. However, things may have started to to slow down. And by that I mean like 
your athlete maybe is just you now is just getting really fucking tired, really fatigued. Now that's part of prep, of course it is, but they may be simultaneously not sleeping great. They may be getting a lot of niggles. Their strength is maybe in the bin. Their motivation to train is maybe fucking garbage. The latter will be pretty poor the last four weeks of prep, but not eight weeks out. So that's when you're probably at a point where you can start thinking about high days. Some people will be like, oh, high days, you use them if you're ahead. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's one instance you can use them, but you also use them to make sure that you're going to be ready. Um, I, I used a phrase on my Instagram um, the other day, an analogy, really sort of simple one. And it was, you can't fire a cannon from a canoe, but you can fire a cannon from a battleship. So the analogy that I gave is that as as we start prep, we are this battleship, right? And, and as we are dieting down, uh, the ship gets whittled away, gets pulled down, gets broken down, and turns into this fucking like relative like canoe. Now, what, what's a cannon for? Why are you fucking saying shooting something from a cannon? Well, that I'm talking about like the sets in the gym, the big hack squats, the big deadlifts, you know, the, the big sets, the top sets, or just putting any sort of energy into a set. Now, remember, the gym is your energy expenditure. You're breaking muscle down, but also you're expending calories. And you want to be able to fire that and get as much calorie expenditure from your session as possible. So if you've dieted, 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 and you whittled down to this just little fucking canoe, you're, you're not like, you're not firing anything from that. And if you are, the cannon's not going far, the canoe's almost tipping over, the canoe's getting a fucking leak here, a break there, or whatever it is. So what I described is when we when we put in the high days, pull cardio out, put more food in, it's like that it's like that canoe gets built back up. Someone comes in and does rapid rebuild. Before you know it, after those high days, boom, we're back to being that battleship. It's like, right, now we can go start firing from that canoe again start hitting it hard in the gym, start hitting it hard with our cardio, we're feeling good, our sleep's good, we have more of an ability to push harder. When you're thinking, but Vaughn, oh my God, two high days, loads of carbs, is that not going to put me in a calorie surplus? No, it's not. Calorie surplus is over, is accumulated over time, accumulated over days, accumulated over weeks. Those those couple high days that you've put in, they're just washing away. Some diet changes fatigue, they're increasing muscular fullness, they're they're not doing really much to your overall energy balance at all. Hey, oh, but Vaughn, hey, the scale weight went up two or three kilos. Of course it did, right? Muscle glycogen stores have now been filled out. They were empty. You've went and put loads of fucking oats and patties and bagels and whatnot in your gut. There's a lot of shit <laughs> in your GI system, right? So when you step on the scales, it's going to be heavier. But visually, you look in the mirror, you're popping more. There's more of a shape to your physique. You hit a pose and you go, fuck, look at my glutes there, or shit, look at my chest there, fuck, my abs are popping that little bit more. That's the high days doing their thing. You then go straight back into digging, straight back in the deficit. What you'll find is you'll have an ability to dig harder. And you should, if you've done it right, and the body's in the, the place it should be for high days, you should see a new low within five days. Now, Maybe by this point, so this is eight weeks out, I started feeding my clients like 11 weeks out and I'd give them one one high day, no cardio. Then I'd give them two high days and I'd put cardio on one of the days. Some of them I'm seeing you new low within two days. You know what I mean? Or their weight's dropping after the second high day. So sometimes the rule of thumb isn't always there. But again, it's situational dependent. Um, with a lot of them now, I'm, I'm completely removing cardio and giving them two high days and then they dig thereafter. But this is the point that you should be at. You're eight weeks out. You've probably been dieting for 10 weeks. 
you can't tell me you've been dieting for 10 weeks and not have a, not have a refeed or a meal off plan or whatever you want to call it. Some people give their clients a cheat meal, um, which is whatever the fuck they want per week, which I think is stupid. But anyway, if you're at that point, you must be behind. You must be overeating. I don't care if that offends you. If it does offend you, it's probably because you're munching the cookies in the office when you should be eating your chicken, chicken and broccoli. It sucks, right? It does suck, but trust me, the amount of self-pride you'll feel once you've accomplished, once you've stepped on stage, like it's so, I guess it maybe sounds a bit like self-righteous, it sounds a bit arrogant um, to, to, to those that can't relate, but honestly, once you've been on stage, you're like, I'm so, you just, you go, I'm so proud of myself. And, and I think that unless you've done it, you'll never, ever, ever be able to relate to that. Never, ever. Of course, you can be in the moment, you can join that with your client or athlete or your friend or whatever it is, but until you do it, like once you, like if you're listening to this, you're an athlete, you go away, you remember that. Like once you've done it, it's like, oh, now I know what he means. And there'll be some of you listening to this that'll be at the Scottish shows, um, that'll do it, and maybe I'm not maybe I'm not your coach, maybe you're, you're with someone else and that's cool. But if, if that is you and you feel that, just come up, come up and let me know. And I'll say, wicked, I'll say, look, well done, congratulations. Um, it gets a bit addictive. I'll just do it once, and all of a sudden, you know, you've done seven shows uh, over the course of a few years, um, and you may be ready to hang up the hang up the trunks after after a few times. But um, yeah, back to back to the point is where, where are you at? You know, what does what does eight weeks out? Um, what does eight weeks out look like? What what should it look like? Well, I mean, for the, for the majority of people. It's probably going to see them be doing daily cardio um, in excess of, let's say, 30 to 45 minutes. Some some of the bikini girls, they'll be pushing more 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, depends. Some of the bodybuilders, maybe they're just over 30. Um, Calories-wise, I mean, it's so person-dependent. You've got, maybe you've got some bikini girls right now that are on on a low day, they're on like 1,100 um, high day they're maybe on 1300 not not high at all male bodybuilders um, god on a training day maybe maybe 2.8 2.8 um, to 3000 really on the upper end of someone being that big non training day probably anywhere between say 2.3 again so so person dependent I mean step count for all those individuals bikinios could be 15 to 18 half thousand male bodybuilders it could be 10 to 12 again it depends but that's roughly that's just some guidelines of kind of what eight weeks out looks like you might think fuck that sounds horrendous what do you mean four or five minutes of cardio well i mean it sounds horrendous to you now if you don't do it but see when you do it and it becomes your routine it doesn't seem mental i did i was doing an hour and a half a day last no, two years ago on prep and it was an hour first thing in the morning. I do forty minutes on the stairs, twenty minutes on the elliptical, um, then later on in the evening post workout, thirty minutes to go back up on the, the elliptical. And thinking about that now, I'm like, that's crazy. That's mental. I couldn't do that. That's holy shit. That's so much. But see, when you're in the moment, it's not. It's it's totally fine. Um, remember, you know, you've maybe started off doing twenty minutes four or five times a week. 
and then it slowly builds, slowly builds, slowly builds. So once you've slowly built up to this point where it's at maybe like four or five minutes to an hour a day, uh, it's it's fine. It's it's nothing like you just put on a, you know, you put on an episode on Netflix or a movie. You put on your 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 playlist that you want to listen to, and you just go and you just get it done because it's a necessity that you need to do, um, to get peeled. And what you must be thinking about, not only with this but also everything else, is like, well, what are your other competitors doing at the moment? Like, what is your competition doing at the moment that you are not doing? Are they doing? Are they doing it better than you? Could you be doing more? Um, are they one step ahead? Or are you one step ahead? That's how you got to approach things. So, to 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 the person that was messaging me the other day about my athletes being a fair bit ahead, well, like they're supposed to be. That's where I want them to be. I want them to be a little bit of ahead. Don't want them to be chasing a tail. I want them to have plenty of time. I want us to have a little bit of a cushion. Because I know what it feels like to not have a cushion. I know what it feels like to be ahead. I know what it does to your confidence. I know what it does to your self-esteem. Um, and I also know what, what it's like when you're behind. And the lack of confidence that can come from that. That then shows on stage. That then makes you question every little single thing that you fucking do. I mean, you do that anyway because you're on prep. And you've got prep in, right? But when you're behind, it's... Uh, yeah, you start like, it's the best you've ever looked in your life, but you start to question, you think you look shit, you compare yourself to others, um, it's not a it's not a great place to be. So I'd always say get a little bit ahead of, ahead of the ball game or just, just be on track. And if you do fall behind, act accordingly to increase the rate of loss to catch up to where you wanted to be at. And if you continue to be behind and, and whatnot, there's nothing wrong with just pulling, pulling your athlete out or as you yourself pulling out for that show doing a later one um it's it's unfortunate but not everyone makes it to the stage um i've, I've already had a couple of people that were going to compete this year uh, just have to pull out for um different reasons reasons i obviously won't go into but um it is sad not, not helping them be able to get to their goal but at the same time you have to think about uh the athlete and themselves and if there's any issues that come up that maybe are uh more important for their health, their mental health particularly, that's got to take priority. The stage will um, will always be there. But if you are eight weeks out and you are at a good spot, you're where you want to be, you're bang on track for where you want to be with your weight and whatnot, um, again, one thing I'd say now is, right, how can, you, how can you be better? How can you be a little bit better every single day? Going back to the analogy of what the what are your competitors doing or not doing? You know, are your competitors posing 30 minutes a day? Well, if they're not, can you? You know, are your um, competitors still sending their coach training videos? Well, if they aren't, can you? Can you be better in that sense? Can you be better with your food? Can you be better uh, with your intensity during cardio, your intensity during your session? Can you get off your phone? when you're training can you get off Instagram can you stop comparing yourself to others because you're fo- so focused on staying in your own lane and being better that you don't have any fucking idea who's going to be against you until you show up on the day in your backstage that's the place you want to be at because I've done either either side 2017 boom looking who's who's this physique guy fucking who's this physique guy oh, fuck he's shit he's shit I'm way better than him way better than him boom lost came fourth in place horrendously embarrassed but did a lot to knock my own self worth Right, whereas three years later, did classic physique, had zero idea who was going to show up. 
was down south. I can honestly say Hannah Hart did not go on Instagram once. I did not search. Uh, you know, at the time it was a two bros show. Uh, it was classic. Not at any point did I search hashtag two bros or hashtag classic physique or classic bodybuilding. I just did as I was told from my coach. Um, I worked with my opposing coaches. I was meticulous, methodical with everything I did. Um, I had a huge internal focus on where what I wanted to look like and what I had envisaged envisaged the final look to be. At the time, I was I was rebranding as well. Um, I wasn't rebranding. I was taking on a few coaches, a couple of coaches. Ali and Clara that are still there today. And uh, yeah, it was such more uh, enjoyable prep than the first one. And then kind of did the same thing the next year. Um, I'd say maybe towards the end of it, the year after, uh, in 2021. I think at the start, because I was behind, I was doing it. And then as I got looked better, um, and by the last couple of shows, I just didn't care anymore. You know, I was fulfilled. I, I was done. Uh, I think I was done mentally and was ready to not diet for a long time and Still haven't dieted as of yet, but that's because you know we have a couple of little bundles of joy in the house that are keeping us up. Um, well, one, the newborn's keeping us up; the other one sleeps pretty soon, but it's keeping us up. And um, you know they're the priority at the moment. My my priority is, is my family, uh, my 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 athletes, the business, um, and my my training will always be in there. I'll always try and get stronger. I'll always try and you know do do my thing because that's something I enjoy. It it'll never get. Like my, I'll say like kids, people often use their kids as an excuse why they can't train, why they can't do anything. Like, I don't want my kids to be my be an excuse. I want the kids to be my reason why I do it. I want them to grow up knowing that exercise is healthy, it's fun, it's something you continue to do even as you get old. Because let's face it, to them, you know, when they're ten or they're five, six, seven, like I'm going to be old, right? Because because they're young. Um, and I want them to see that uh, maybe you don't want to push them to bodybuilding, but even if I do, I want them to show that like look, sport is something that is always going to be around. Um, I want them to know about that community feel, that team team aspect, because I always came from team sports, playing basketball before. Um, I got into bodybuilding at quite a decent level, and I think that that sort of team ethos from basketball, having some captain roles in national teams and whatnot, was in, in my uni team has really helped me and my coaching career um, because I'm very team orientated in regards to sharing success and whatnot and this is why I think I have a huge amount of joy for watching my athletes athletes succeed and being part of it and I get very little from doing it on my own um, I think that's why uh, it's just who, who I am but um, anyway I think I think I'm rambling now um, I think that's a, a decent uh, a decent point about uh, what you got to do to hit the mark from now, if you're eight weeks out, if you are behind, if you're ahead, what you can, can't do, um, I'm sure we'll do another one next month about potentially maybe what you need to consider in regards to like training volume and pulls from the floor and stuff like that. But if there is ever any episodes that you would like covered, let me know because I've done a fucking bunch now and uh, I don't want to repeat myself too many times, but I think that you do because... Sometimes my opinions, my thoughts, my processes may change over time and what I published back in 2020 or 2021 maybe has changed by 2023. So um, yeah, that's where you maybe see some repeats or some similarities with a slight twist and a change or an addition of some information that I maybe didn't know then. So that is it for me guys. Remember that if you are thinking about competing in 2023 or, or perhaps next year in 2024, I do specialise particularly in athletes in their first to third year. You know, if you've never placed before, um, 
or let's say you've never competed before, I want to work with you. If you've never placed before and you want to place, come to me. If you want, if you have placed and you want to win, I want to help you win. If you've won and you want to win the overall, I want to fucking help you win the overall. That's who I work with, guys. Um, and if you want to join up, all you got to do is head over to my Instagram, hit link the bio, hit inquiry, and we'll set up a call within a couple of days. If not, guys, wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.